Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. Like, I like Pinto, and I, I remember everyone like. And this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing: we need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone, sixth round pick, and now he's making nine and a half million dollars. Pajot, drafted I think in the fifth round and making five million. Hoffman. Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin. But now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Making a lineup, make a lineup on DraftKings has excitement every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap. Sit back and watch the points pile up. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now, all you... Now, all you need to do to play is download the DraftKings app and sign up using the promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Again, promo code THPN. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Kings fans and hockey fans and welcome to episode 26 of season 2 of the Kings Den. Episode 96 overall as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for checking into this episode, episode 26 of the Kings Den. We got a lot to get into, big interview this episode, but I, I'd just like to start by saying don't forget to like Rate, subscribe, and review here at the King's Den. You guys are 
doing such a great job, the listeners. We love you guys. So don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Kingston THPN. You guys are just killing it with interaction on social media as well. So just keep just keep bringing it up. Just keep coming. We want to keep getting this bigger and bigger. Also, don't forget to follow me. Of course, I'm your host Jordy Cunningham. Don't forget don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy. Also, we're presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We wouldn't be here without them. So don't forget to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at hockey pod net or on facebook just search the hockey podcast network on youtube just search the hockey podcast network for all of the great video coverage coming out around the network and don't forget to check us out on patreon for just one dollar you can find all of our exclusive bonus content including after hours and so much more and also just back to like rate subscribe and review after you listen to this episode of the king's den and do that go check out all the other great episodes around the network and like rate subscribe and review to them as well because everyone's just killing it around the network all the podcasts for all 31 teams a couple teams even have more than one podcast now like the like kings here with the king's den and king's realm and a couple others so definitely check them out and don't forget to like rate subscribe and review this episode, episode 26 of the King's Den, we welcome a special guest. We welcome Russell Morgan of Rank Royalty, a fan-sided website all about the LA Kings. He writes for them. He loves covering the Kings and talking about them. So he joins us on this episode. But just before we get into that, I want to know, what do you think? What's going to happen this week? This is going to happen. This is going to come out after Wednesday's game. So LA plays Arizona on Wednesday night. That should be a good game, interesting game. We mentioned that. Russell and I talk about that. And then back-to-back against St. Louis, who the Kings have played well against St. Louis this season. A couple big wins just on the road trip in St. Louis. One game that St. Louis really dominated. But other than that, uh, it's in two games that the Kings should take. Bennington has looked shaky in net for St. Louis. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the course of these games. But it was just a great interview with uh, Russell Morgan that we're going to get into here. We talk everything about the Kings this season. We almost we almost go through every single player. We talk about who's on Russell's shit list. We talk about the resurgence of uh, the veterans. We talk about he's a big uh, he's a big he's big in favor of the hashtag play the kids movement. Play the kids. Velarde's been killing it. Anderson's been killing it. But we talk about like why was Kapari called up and not played during the road trip and such play the kids man that's how this team is going to get better and the resurgence of the leadership group has greatly helped as well but we get into all of it so enjoy this great conversation between me and russell morgan of rink royalty and also have a great weekend stay safe wear your mask and we will talk to you on monday for episode 27 of season two of the king's den enjoy this great interview and now we welcome to the Kings Den, Russell Morgan of Rank Royalty, a fan-sided website all about the LA Kings. Russell, how's it going tonight? It's going pretty good. How are you doing today, Jordy? I, I'm good, thank you, man. We've been we've found each other on Twitter talking about LA Kings hockey. Of course, you work for Rank Royalty, a fan-sided website writing and covering the Kings. So I guess we'll just start quickly. Like we're what are we? A quarter over a quarter of the way through the season. What have you thought about the Kings so far this season? Uh, yeah, it's a lot more uh, exciting than previous years, that's for yes. sure. But uh, um, the young kids are stepping up, and I know expectations were pretty low coming into the season. I know development was sort of the key word that was floating around, but um, a lot of young kids stepping up and defenses look pretty good. I mean, you have uh, young kids like Mikey Anderson and Tobias Bjornfoot looking 
pretty solid on the back end. And Matt Roy, I'm a big Matt Roy guy. So whenever yeah. he's in the lineup, I think we're going to be successful. Um, but as well as uh, goaltending as well. Um, I think you've got to be impressed with what Cal Peterson's been able to bring. And Jonathan Quick has had his up and ups and downs, but he's had a little bit of a resurgence uh, lately. So that's been impressive. It's definitely been an all-around effort so far this year from a team that were you expected a step up, but you didn't know how big of a step up it was going to be. And you see it's been a big one so far this year. I think it's kind of changed the expectations of the team so far. But just quickly, I want to say at the start of February, like just covering the Kings, the start of February happens and you're kind of like, oh no, how much of a how much are we actually going to see an improvement of this team with going, what was it, 0-3 to start? And then all of a sudden the overtime loss or shootout loss against San Jose and then six in a row, six wins in a row. So it's great to see some improvement and just everyone coming together as well. But with that and with them playing better, have your expectations changed for this season so far? Uh, I wouldn't say my expectations have changed so much. I know people kind of ride in the playoff wave, I guess you could yeah. say, but uh, I'm still kind of pumping the brakes in that. Um, I would like to see a little bit more development from this year. Um, I know. I, I mean, also, I would love to see them make playoffs. Obviously, we would, yeah. we would all like that in terms yeah. of the, the development. But um, it's it's all about getting the young kids more acclimated into the NHL, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing. I mean, we've seen Jared Anderson Dolan get a couple games, and he's looked great. And like I mentioned, Tobias Bjornfoot has looked really good, and Mikey Anderson's playing top mm -hmm. top pair of minutes. So can't yeah. complain about that. And like I mentioned, you gotta love, love what you're seeing out of Cal Peterson. So uh, playoffs are definitely something that would be great to to get into but like i mentioned development i think is a, the key word going forward hashtag play the kids am i right oh yeah absolutely play but no, seeing some of the development has just been awesome and, and i want to get into a lot of it but first of all i just want to bring up you brought up anderson dolan and is there like was that the most unluckiest time for him to get hurt like that they finally find a line for those three with anderson dolan with more and grunstrom and they were just absolutely rolling it was so much fun to watch and it was just a tough time for jad to get hurt yeah it was, that was really tough i mean five points in five games can't really can't really get better than that as in your first uh couple games in the season but and like you mentioned that that line was clicking uh grunstrom and more were playing really well and and all of a sudden he went down and now they've kind of gotten the backseat again so mm -hmm. um once he gets back it'll just, i'm sure they'll put him back all together and we'll see how they go going forward but I'm looking forward to, like you mentioned, hashtag play the kids. Let's get some more bodies in there. I, I, oh, absolutely, for sure. And then I want to bring up uh, Velarde as well, because he's kind of the big one in the rookie tour. Him and Anderson are kind of like the big ones for this year, Bornfoot as well. But uh, Velarde is the guy that's putting up the points, you know, and to see him up with Carter and now Athens to you instead of Kempe, I know you've kind of been on Kempe's case lately, <laughs> but it's, it's nice to see. Well, first of all, uh, let's get you on Velarde and then on Adrian Kempe's play of late. Yeah, Velarde. I've had a uh, had big big expectations for Velarde coming into the season. I know his five on five play hasn't been really that great. Um, he's shown some flash, but um, it's it's weird. You see a lot of the uh, capabilities that he has with his the play on his stick and um, in terms of like dangling and stuff like that coming into the zone, but then. He kind of playing is a little too much, uh, doing a little too much sometimes in the offensive zone. But I'd like to see him slim simplify his game a little bit, use his bo big body and try to set up. Uh, now he's got Carter and Anthony Siu playing with him. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to see him do a little bit more of the simplified type of game going forward. And then in, in terms of Kempe, <laughs> um, yeah, I've 
Kempe's Kempe's an enigma to me. It's just you 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 expect more out of mm-hmm. a player like Adrian Kempe, and I almost want to see like I almost want someone on the other team to just slap Kempe across the face and all of a sudden <laughs> get him all mad, and so that way he plays with a little bit more anger throughout mm-hmm. the game because. There's some games where he just kind of disappears, and I'm just like, God, man, I want I want to see more out of Adrian Kimpe. We've seen flashes of brilliance. I mean, he's he had that high profile coming out of Sweden, and it's just kind of been a little bit of a disappointment. So I think putting him down a little bit on the forward lines has kind of helped his game, especially we saw the last game in Minnesota. Oh. He contributed too, but I mean, he's only he has 12 points on the year, and yeah. I think four of them are coming to even strength. So mm-hmm. something's got to change a little bit there. And yeah, a, with a player like Kempe, I don't, I just, I don't see him being a top six player on a winning team. Mm-hmm. I think if he's playing bottom six role, I mean, like kind of like a Carl Soderberg, something like that, along those lines, where he can play those kind of like dirty minutes and get, get to pucks to the net and see what can happen from there. And and you also see like the the power play goal that tied the game Saturday night against Minnesota. Like he absolutely fanned on that. That was a changeup, yeah. and it's just like it's one of those ones where it, that's just gonna work sometimes. And it did there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely as you can see, it was more last season and it got better. But now you're seeing it again. The inconsistencies in this game, and it is it's shitty to see that happening for sure. Yeah, I mean. Like I mentioned, the power play is kind of where he's excelled this season. Yeah. He looks pretty good when he's coming into the zone. I guess that mm-hmm. that drop pass uh, setup is kind of the wave of the NHL right now. I think yeah. If, oh, yeah. if any team can come up with a defense to that, that's going to be uh, something that everyone is going to have to jump on. But um, 12 points in the league and eight on the power play, that's something you can be proud of. But during, like I mentioned, even strength is where he's got to kind of elevate his game a little bit. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And then, of course, like we touched on it a little bit, but just Mikey Anderson, like the the year he's having so far as a rookie, it's been so impressive to watch. He's playing the big minutes with Doughty, and it's just so impressive to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't expect da- uh, Mikey Anderson to all of a sudden jump onto that first line with no. first di- first pair with Doughty yeah, coming into the season, but that's definitely been impressive. I, and Mikey has that pedigree. I mean, Mm-hmm. We're leading his leading UMD to back-to-back national titles in his collegiate career and wearing the C for the United States during the World Junior Championships. Like you know he has that pedigree where he can kind of lead the team. And, he, and mm-hmm. I think he's learning a little bit of that from Dowdy. Um I know he mentioned that today, how Dowdy's leadership style is kind of rubbing off on him a little bit. So I love seeing that. And I love seeing him fill into that role as well, not just because like he's a rookie and he's gonna be in that role. I love seeing him do that so quickly, obviously. But also because, like, at the start of the year before the season started, it was all, it was all, Ole Mata is going to come in and play with Doughty. And then Ole Mata had what he does with every single team, where it sucks for the first <laughs> few games, had to be, uh-huh. had to be taken out. But now he's actually a guy that's been, he's doing what he does with every team, struggles. Then now he's kind of settling in and playing a lot better back there as well. And like you said, everyone on the defensive end has been very good so far this season, for the most part, except for McDermott. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll save McDermott for later. But uh yeah, Oli Mata, you we had high expectations coming into the year. I mean, that uh top pair was kind of talked up quite a bit with him and Dowdy in terms of Dowdy bringing back uh his resurgence with the, the that pairing, but those first few games with him kind of was a little bit more disappointing and then he and then he was a healthy scratch for a couple of games and 
But so ever since he came back, he's been looking pretty good. And I know that deep pairing he had with Austin Strand, he looked he looks really good. I mean, he was leading the team in Corsi percentage and expected goals for for a couple games there. I, I believe it was the Blue Series, and that was impressive. So um, it's good to see Olimata um, play a little bit better. I mean, you need you need players like that going forward. Yeah, for sure. And then you mentioned Strand, and I just want to say probably the most impressive thing about the six game winning streak was how. The lineup was different every single night. There was a change everywhere in the lineup, and they still came out and got the W every night. I thought that was super impressive. Yeah, Austin Strand was definitely a uh, surprise. I mean, at least to me. I mean, yeah, I didn't sure. really <laughs> going into the season. I didn't really expect Austin Strand to be playing big minutes with no, the Kings. That really hard. Yeah. So yeah, but that was it's a good surprise. I mean, that's Absolutely. you want player if when you can find players kind of diamond in the roughs like that. Um, I know he had big big minutes in junior, so. Um, if he's able to bring that to the NHL, he's still young. So let's get his first couple of games in the NHL and see what he can bring. Yeah, absolutely. And then also, I'll, I'll go over people that you mentioned quickly. You mentioned Matt Roy. Yeah. I mean, like, he's just solid. Like, uh, there's, he's, he's the best defenseman behind Doughty on the team. And it's just, there's, mm-hmm. it's like he's so quiet, but he just gets everything done. He's just one of those guys. He's like a Chris Tanev kind of, where he just goes about his business, get everything done. It's just, it's fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's been talk ever since the Kings Cup runs that we're kind of missing that kind of key piece defenseman, such as like a Rob Scuderi or Willie Mitchell, Robin Regeer, kind of that kind of piece. And Matt Roy is all those and more. I mean, there's nothing more you can say. I mean, it's just, it's been really impressive to watch his game. And I know when he was out of the lineup, he went on that slump. And then all of a sudden he comes back in and they start winning again. So, I mean, there's something to see there. So, I think Matt Roy going forward is something I've been kind of preaching, hoping, hoping that uh, the U.S. Olympic team will kind of take notice and see if maybe oh, they'll give, okay. at least give, yeah, at least give him an invite, maybe to Beijing. Maybe we'll see Matt Roy play on the back end. He's been playing yeah. well. I mean, if you look at his, yeah, if you look at his analytical numbers, he's it's been one of the best. And I, I wrote an article on Rink Royalty how um, he was definitely he he had better analytical analytical numbers than Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes in terms of his color rookie year. Yeah. So it's it's been impressive to watch and. Having a player like Matt Roy kind of surprise a little bit of people um, coming to lineup and be impressive has been fun to watch. Yeah, no, for sure. He is very fun to watch. No, I, I don't want to go through every player, but I I do at the same time because just <laughs> quick, just quickly, like we mentioned Tobias Bornfoot, and it's just so solid back there as a 19-year-old. And he's the guy I've been on right away. Like once the Kings drafted him, I was like, this guy's going to be the guy sort of thing. And then mm. you kind of saw he struggled at the last couple World Juniors a little bit. And people were kind of like, is this really what we're going to see out of him sort of thing? But he is so solid. I love watching him back there. And I'm happy that they decided to keep him up instead of sending him down after the seven games or whatever it was. I'm happy that they decided that he's a kid that needs to be playing up at the NHL level. Yeah, for a 19-year-old to be playing his uh, first first six games this season and not be on the ice for a goal against, that's definitely very impressive. I mean, yeah. Um, but... And he's like, a, he's still a rookie too. Still technically a rookie. So, yeah. I mean, to have this be his first year, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what he can blossom into. I mean, can he be that top four D pair? I think he can be. And it's been uh, interesting to see the Kings have been in the market for a dynamic type yeah. young, young uh, left defenseman. So we'll see. I'm I'm not too sure where that's heading. I, I don't know where they're really going to be looking or what they're really looking for or who they're looking to replace in terms of the back end, but we'll see what happens going forward. And you got to be impressed with Bjornfoot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And those trade rumors as well, they want another young dynamic defenseman, but it's kind of like the prospect pool is so good. Who are you ready to 
give up at this time. Like it's almost like you don't want to give up on anyone yet. You want to wait another year. I know you want to make the move, but you got to. I think in my mind, you have to wait another year before you trade one of the one of the kids in this deep uh, yeah. prospect pool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I know there were some rumors with Vince Dunn earlier in the year. Yeah. And that's kind of the type of player I'd be looking for if that was the yeah, kind of sure. the case. I mean, you're looking for a dynamic play play driving defenseman. The Vince Dunn fits that role. Um, but there are other pieces out there. I know Dennis Bernstein from fourth, fourth period mentioned uh, Rasmus Dahlin. I don't know if I'd go that far because then you're kind of <laughs> giving up a lot of prospects yeah, to for sure. get a player of that caliber. But like you mentioned, just let, let's let see what these kids can do. I mean, Tobias Bjornfoot and Mikey Anderson have been very impressive, and they're only in their first years. Only give them a couple more years and see what they can bring. For sure. And now just let's move to goaltending quickly. We talk about Cal, Cal Peterson and Jonathan, Jonathan Quick. Like, this is Cal Peterson's net for his, pretty much. Like he's the future of the team, and of the analytics are great for him. The just the regular stats are great for him. It's been great to see his development so far this season, and it's great to see Quick playing well for the most part as well. He had the one bad game in Vegas, like really bad game in Vegas, but other than that, they've both been playing great. Yeah, I mean Cal Peterson. What more can you say? That's just mm-hmm. he's yeah. That's one of those things. Yeah, he's just been impressive. I mean, we all knew the pedigree coming in. He was going to be a high prospect for the Kings in terms of the uh, in net. So he's been, he's been good. So can't really say much more about him, but mm-hmm. in terms of quick, it's, that's been impressive too. I mean, you didn't really know what you were going to get out of quick coming in was you knew, you kind of knew he was going to be splitting some time with Cal Peterson. You didn't know how he's going to react to that, but he's kind of taken that role and kind of run with it and been, been impressive. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe he turns with a trade piece going forward. I personally would like to see quick stay with the Kings just because of the, how much he's brought to the franchise yeah. in the last like 10 plus years. So, um, and then also you kind of got to look at the expansion draft coming up. That's, yeah. that's going to be in the back of their minds as well. So that's what I, I want your opinion on this. And that's what I've said from the beginning of when I started this last year, when the hockey podcast network started and I started the Kings den here, I've said from the beginning, quick is going to look good in a Seattle Kraken Jersey at this expansion draft. I think that's, what's going to happen. I think they'll go old and goaltending. I think it'll be quick. And Holtby in net for the first year in Seattle, but what do you think? Yeah, that's that's definitely something that's probably going to be on the mind of Kraken uh, mm-hmm. and all the all the management over there. Um, I know, yeah, we all know what Mark Andre Fleury brought over to the Golden Knights. That's kind of the maybe that they go that same route and try to hope Quick can bring that same kind of uh, caliber of play. But um, mm-hmm. in terms of the, I don't see them really taking on Quick. Um, I think they're going to be looking for more of the youth factor from the team going with going forward. Um, It'll be tough for the Seattle Kraken. I think I think teams have kind of learned a little bit from the mistakes that they made from the Golden Knights draft. I mean, you won't see you won't see players like Shea Theodore being traded over there just so that the Ducks can keep Josh Manson. So yeah, for sure, uh, trades of that caliber probably won't be happening as much this time around. But um, it would be interesting to see if the Kraken could t- go take a run at Quick. I mean, he would be he would be beneficial for them. It's a good start in net for them. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it would be as well. That's that's just been my prediction for the whole time or since for a while now, but it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Now we've talked about the young guys. We've talked about the goaltenders. Let's get to the leadership of this group quickly. And just almost a resurgence from the whole group. Like they're, they're the leaders. They've been here. They won the Stanley cups. They're meant to lead this team, but like on to is the best player in the division this season. And then Drew Doughty is still as everyone always says, like 
kind of shit talks him a little bit and now he's finally backing it up like it's Drew Doughty comeback season of mm-hmm. course second in the league in minutes like he was last year but uh Kopitar Doughty the whole leadership group has been killing it this season yeah Kopitar I mean what more can you say he's, yeah I, I don't know how many assists he has I think it's 19 on the year so far mm-hmm. but um like you but, mentioned he's probably been the best uh player in the western division um and Brownie I mean like yeah. those two have just too. I mean yeah Brownie this kid's got to keep chirping them yeah right exactly yeah. yeah how many more players have kids that can <laughs> yeah actually um but yeah. yeah brownie i mean they they've been look good so you take brownie off the penalty kill give him a little bit more rest and throughout the five on five play and he's definitely brought it forward and you can't that whole line with eye falls but just been impressive so um and then like you mentioned with dowdy that's um i i mean the kings are paying him enough yeah exactly. when you're paying a player 11 million dollars a year you're kind of expecting a little bit and unfortunately dowdy dowdy was uh he was a little he was kind of bad the last few years i'll say that and yeah but he's he looks a lot better i mean i'm not sure his point point total so far but this year but um it's definitely been better and i think that mikey anderson parents kind of helped him uh, a little bit uh, i'm pretty sure he leads the division in uh and the d- defenseman in the division by points there we go well, I so doubt it. like he's what second on the tied for second on the team in goals with mm-hmm. velarde and i think carter and man there were sure resurgence of carter as well he needed all that time off and he's came out flying at the start of the season and still has been yeah i was a little disappointed when they took when when i mean althanasio obviously was out for covid yeah. protocols for a little while but i was a little disappointed that they didn't put those two back together um, right they away. Showed, yeah they showed yeah. flashes of brilliance i mean how many how many two-on-ones did we have in those first couple of games with <laughs> yeah. those two just flying up the ice i mean Actually. i was kind of yeah i was kind of hoping they put him back together and now that we do see him back together, that line's clicking again. And that's kind of where I was getting a little more critical of Kempe. But um, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's impressive to see. And I, I'm hoping that um, Carter's resurgence and Athanasio's speed will help uh, elevate Velarde's game a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think it will as well. And now, there, mm, which way should I go? I'll, no, we're, st- we're talking about that line, so I'll stick with this one. I'll let you, I'll let you do your ranting here. You, McDermott, <laughs> McDermott, no. Kempe, <laughs> no, you're not on Team Blake Lazat either, no. are you? No, I'm, I, I mean, I, it's just a kid you want to like. I mean, he brings yeah. a lot of tenacity to his game for a small yeah. statured player. But I mean, when you see, obviously, he's not in the same caliber as Kapriel Kiprasov. But um, when you see a, a small statured player like that play that well, and you kind of see what Blake Lazat can bring, you're kind of hoping he can elevate his game a little bit. But yeah. I think it's time to kind of. I mean, Blake Lazat. I mean, not to be mean or anything, I just don't think he's long for the Kings franchise going forward. So I've kind of been mentioning Rasmus Kapari and kind of seeing what he can bring. And I think it's time for him to kind of replace Lazat and see what he's able to bring on that third or fourth line. Now let's talk about that. Because I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about the kids earlier in the year. Why bring up Kapari on the road Mm. trip and not play him? Yeah, that was... Now uh, it's a head scratcher. Yeah, it really was. I mean, especially on the road. And you... The reason I kind of got a little bit excited when I saw them bring him up to the taxi squad is because I knew Ontario had a couple games coming up. So I'm like, okay, well, if they're going to elevate him to the taxi squad and he's playing really well in, in Ontario, so there's a reason for that. There's a reason yeah, they're probably sure. going to be playing him in a game. So to see him on the taxi squad and not get a couple games and to see Ontario play their games without him on the roster, that was, that was yeah. a little disappointing at, at first. I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not going to rant against uh, Rob Blake. I mean, Rob Blake's kind of built this team and Mark Yannetti and all that staff's kind of built this team from the ground up going yeah. forward. And they've done a great job. So 
I'm not going to question any of that, but that was a little bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, no, I thought it was for sure. And just speaking of the kids quickly, just a quick Ontario rain note I want to throw in. I saw that uh, uh, Samuel Fadimo was Ontario rain player of the week, and he has seven points in 10 games to, uh, in his last 10 games. So it's great to see the start he has uh, for the rain. But uh, it was it's, it was shitty to see Kapari get called up and not playing. It was, felt like a, a bit of a wasted opportunity. But uh, now I want to get back quickly, just circling back here to one more thing, because you tweeted this a week or two ago as well. Just sign Alex Ifalo to his extension right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Four years, 4.5 mil a year. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what's holding you no, back. <laughs> that, that would be more than Toffoli. Do you think he's worth more than Toffoli? Yeah, I mean, salary cap raises every once in a while, and I'm not sure what the next years or next few years are going to bring in terms of the salary cap. But I mean, he's he's brought uh, some great forechecking to his game. I mean, that line and his combo with uh, Kopitar has been great. I mean, Alfaro yeah. kind of does all the small little dirty things that that line. It's been he's not the flashiest of player, but he definitely does enough. I mean, analytically, he, yeah, analytically, he's bringing great coursey numbers. He's an expected goal rate's been pretty high, so. Um, four years, 4.5. I don't think that's too high to ask no. for a player of Alex Ifalo's caliber. And I could see him being a part of this, uh, this team's future. Uh, as, as far as a first line left winger, I don't, I don't think that's probably where he'll be playing. I mean, I know yeah. there's kids in the waiting, but, um, but I mean, left wing in terms of the Kings prospect pool is probably one of the, the not as, as far as not as deep as probably center or right wing or defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ifalo is definitely a kid that can stay around. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I do agree as well. I think he's a good piece that can become like he's one of those in between guys age right age wise, right? But he's been playing mm-hmm. on the first line, so I almost feel like he is a part of the leadership group of this team. And he's kind of like the leaders do a great job, but he's kind of like the bridge gap for everyone as well. Yeah, I, I called him a kid, and I was kind of thinking to myself, "Why well, he's not a kid anymore? He's been in the league for <laughs> yeah, so many yeah. times." So, but um, yeah, I mean. Like yeah, the, the left wing group, that's something that the Kings will probably have to look forward to. I mean, how many how, how long have the Kings been looking for a first line left winger? Yeah. Forever, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, so sure. I, I've mentioned there's gonna be players available probably going forward. The Predators are probably in a fire sale mode. Yeah. So why not see kick the tires on a player like Philip Forsberg, see what he can bring. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I wouldn't mind that for sure. I would like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of movement that could happen with this team and the rumors are sw- are swirling and it's fun to see. And it's kind of interesting with like, of course, this is a year unlike any other. So when it, the trade deadline comes, it's going to be interesting because like the Canadian teams are going to kind of trade with the Canadian teams because of the like, quarantine rules like that. So it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting to see what happens when the trade deadline comes around. Yeah, the Kings are in an interesting situation. I mean, if they're in a playoff spot when we mm-hmm. get to April, close to April 12th, it's kind of be like, well, what do we do? Or what yeah. do the Kings do? I mean, what exactly. the Kings have seven picks in the first four rounds, two second rounders, two third mm-hmm. rounders, and two fourth rounders. So it's, I mean, you can throw a second rounder and get a pretty high quality player. Sure. Try, try to see what you can do. But I don't, I don't think there'll be any big trades going on. No. Um, I think in terms of uh, any big offseason acquisitions, you got to probably wait till the, the offseason to maybe get a player like, like a Philip Forsberg or, or even maybe kick the tires on a Jack Eichel if he's available. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, I think the Kings are definitely a team that playoffs are not. They could just say status quo kind of like, yeah, you don't, you don't really have anyone to trade for more picks and you don't really have anyone 
that you don't want to give up anyone on a big big name yet. So it's kind of like I think they should say status quo, pretty much no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I don't think there's that many players. I mean, maybe Andres happened to see you. He's only signed on a one year deal. Maybe yeah. you can see flip him for maybe a fifth, yeah. six rounder, get something out of him. Um, I don't yeah. think he's gonna be coming back. So. No. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if there are going to be any big-name players coming in towards the team toward the end of the year. Kind of like you mentioned, just stay status quo and see what these young kids can bring. Yeah, for sure. Now, just o- almost done here. Just a couple more questions. Thank you for your time. Yeah, no just just a, a fun one here. Was, <laughs> was Saturday night the best jersey matchup you've ever seen? <laughs> By far. Jeez, <laughs> gotta love those purple. Oh, man. Th- those jerseys are great. I mean, yeah. at first I was a little caught off guard, man. You got the Chevy logo with a the form blue that was a little different but i mean yeah. the more you look at them it's like hard eyes all the way but and those oh, yeah. those minnesota wild north star retro jerseys are pretty oh, pretty sleek awesome. too yeah it was, so. it was a, a lot of yellow on the ice on <laughs> yeah. Sunday night, uh, or saturday night. underrated a, a lot of yellow yeah yellow is a bright color that. it's a bright fun color why not have more of it yeah it is and now la- last question here let's get your predictions for the week what happens well, I guess this will come out after Wednesday, but what happens Wednesday against Arizona and then Friday and Saturday against St. Louis? Wednesday will be an interesting game. I know Arizona's probably going to have a little bit of vengeance on their mind. Um, losing those two at home to to the Kings was probably a little bit of a little hurt them a little bit in the standings, but um, it'll be another tough, low scoring game. That's how the Kings and Coyotes always play those kind of 3 2 games, 3 2 Daryl Sutter type games. So. Yeah. I think we'll see another one of those. Maybe the King. I mean, think I think the Kings match up better when they're at home. So I think they they'll be able to take that one. And then you got to look at the Blues as kind of the teams that the Kings are probably going to have their eyes on going forward in terms of playoff spot. And the the Wild. I mean, it sucks to say because there's kind of a rivalry brewing now between the Kings yeah. and the Wild all of a sudden. So, but they look great. So you can. I think they're they're gunning for a playoff spot. So you got to look at the Blues and kind of see what they're going to bring. So. Hopefully the Kings can get a couple more wins from there, yeah, but I think we'll see some fun games. Yeah, I know for sure. I definitely agree as well. And the co- the competition in this division is just so much fun and seeing. Oh yeah. Just seeing that the, the Kings are exciting this season and it's yeah. just, and they're scoring goals and it's just so much fun to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's got a lot of optimism. I mean, the Kings have only yeah. played one game against the ducks and we haven't even played the sharks yet. That's what's, yeah. that's what's pretty wild. So, Crazy. I mean, and those are supposed to be the two cellar dwellers of the game of this the division. So yeah. got a lot of points to be had. They've been playing well against the wild. I mean, if the wild are going to be as good as they are, I mean, can't be too upset with the record they showed. So got a lot of games to be played. Yeah, for sure. Russell, you have anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, you guys do great work at the hockey den. I love the work you do, Jordy. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Russell, before we let you go, where can everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at NHL Russell, or you can find us on Rink Royalty. Sometimes I tweet out the live games for them or the Ontario Rain as well. Russell, thank you so much for joining us here at the Kingsden. Awesome. Thanks, Freddie.